Hi, everybody. Welcome to My Cheesehead Life, a Packer fan podcast. My name is Patrick. I'm the host of your podcast. Thanks for joining me here tonight. Another installment of Hump Day Helmets edition here, week 14, where we take a look around the league. Little change up as always on the intro music. Can't promise I'm gonna be changing the intro music every day. Honestly, I don't even know like if I should or can be using this stuff, but why not? I guess. I think I get I can play dumb like at least once, right? I didn't know I couldn't do that type of thing, and um, you know, go from there. We'll 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 cross that bridge when we get to it. But anyways, uh, yeah. Thanks again for joining me on. Uh, my Cheesehead Life, a Packer fan podcast. Uh, reminders that I've got my website, mycheeseheadlife.com. On there, there's a blog called Cheese Curds. It has a summary of the topics and links of anything that I'm looking at online. And then my email is info at mycheeseheadlife.com. I have an X account at mycheeseheadpod. And then Insta, mycheeseheadinsta. So I'm trying to do a little more on the socials and stuff. You can email the show if you have comments you want to share or reach out somehow. Um, I'm trying to post a few more photos from going to the game on Sunday. I did put the, I think I got the video, uh, like about 30 seconds of video from the intros there. Like, you know, they play a little kind of a hype video or something they call it, uh, before they start doing the introductions. Uh, so I posted that on the website last night. I don't know. It's all starting to run together. Uh, but excited to be here with you on hump day helmets. Um, you know, for week 14 preview and some other random stuff we'll talk about. We'll check in on, uh, We'll get our basketball Jones fixed uh, when we check in on uh, the hoops teams around the, around the state and how they're doing. Uh, so it's been a pretty good week, you know, right? Still kind of riding high Wednesday, feeling good about that Chiefs victory, enjoying that Sunday from Packers, uh, for us Packer fans, that is. And um, now it's it's kind of going to be time to turn the page and start looking at, uh, you know, next week and, and what's upcoming. But uh, basketball teams have, have, been, have been doing well. Packers doing well. So, you know, things are looking up here in the first week of December as we're uh, starting to get ready for the holidays. So uh, speaking of holidays, uh, one thing, I, I don't know. I So that first song, I guess I, I got to explain the intro song a little bit. Is uh, That was uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky uh, by The Ventures. Uh, cover, you know, in the, if you know anything about The Ventures, they're kind of a surf band from back in the 60s. Um, you know, a lot of their songs have been used in a lot of movies, maybe commercials, stuff like that. And, um, they've done a ton of covers. So that's a cover of a, of a song that I'm looking at. It was written in 1940s and then performed by some other guys. Let's see here. That was, um, Ghost Riders in the Sky was a song written by Stan Jones in the late 1940s and successfully recorded by Vaughn Monroe, Burl Ives, Peggy Lee, and Bing Crosby in 1950, all of whom enjoyed massive hit versions that year. Um, and I don't know, so if you've listened to me at all, you understand I listen to a fair amount of music, earbuds kind of thing, uh, kind of during the desk job stuff. And uh, I, I just kind of, without getting into it, went down a weird rabbit hole where I was like, well, you know, what was that band that did the surf music and the, uh, the Ventures and looked them up and kind of got that name remembered and started listening to some of their music today. And then I didn't realize that they had done a cover of that song, Ghost Riders in the Sky, which took my mind to a place while I'm working at the desk job of um, how I used to listen to that song, you know, in the, in 
uh, this was in the 80s, uh, in, in my grandparents' basement, they had an album or a record player. Gosh, I'm not even remembering exactly you know the terminology anymore. It's been so long, but they had a record player. And when we'd be goofing off in the basement, you know, they had a little pool table down there. They, they're a little ahead of their time. Their basement wasn't quite finished, I'd say, uh, but, but it was nice enough to have a, a pool table down there and, um, you know, be able to goof off, listen to some music as youngsters. And, and that was a song that always stuck out. Like I never knew exactly what it was, but that, that kind of twangy guitar and the, uh, audio there of, of, uh, ghost riders in the sky just kind of. I always loved that part. I don't know, just that real twangy guitar. Um, so yeah, I got yeah, again weird rabbit hole on music. If you've listened to me at all, I've mentioned a number of times that I listen to a fair amount of music, all kinds of genres, everything, kind of all over the place, and um, uh, enjoy sharing that with you. There they are again. Um, so Ghost Riders in the Sky, and, and I, I mentioned that as it relates to holidays, because, you know, going down this rabbit hole, I got to where, um, they had a little bit of their mix of, of songs that were playing, and, um, I, I, I didn't realize they had, um, holiday music, Christmas songs, and Christmas songs are a little bit of a, you know, controversial topic here at My Cheese at Life household. Um, Mrs. Cheesehead, a very big fan of holiday and Christmas music, and I, I'm not so much. Uh, you know, I like it. I, I just think it's a little bit much you know, when you start having radio stations. You know, almost, I think there's some even in late October that start playing Christmas music all the time. Uh, on and all the stores, you know, now there's a, maybe more than one radio station by this time of year that's playing it nonstop. Um, you know, and I don't get out as much as I used to. I work from home now, so it's not as, as I guess, noticeable for me. Uh, but just over the years, you know, all the day jobs, office work, out and about shopping, whatever you're doing, you know, it just would start to wear on me because it seemed like the Christmas season gets longer and longer. So then you hear the music more. Um, don't get me wrong. I, as a youngster, really always enjoyed Christmas songs and music and stuff. Um, but maybe just a little too much of a good thing, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so I thought I'd use that as a poll question for uh, today's episode. Because that is kind of a thing. I think there's, you know, generally two types of people. And, and I'm going to get away a little bit from the the yeah or no phrasing of uh, my previous poll question responses. Uh, because this one, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, put you in a corner so much that you're just a no on, on music like that, Christmas music, or a yes. Um, I think, you know, generally speaking, there's probably two types. And I'll, I'll put this on the Spotify podcast site and you can respond there. Uh, if it's too much or not enough. Cause it, to me, that's, it seems like it boils into two categories. Pretty much it's too much Christmas music or not enough. And I'm kind of a too much person. I, I, I love it, you know, for the two or three days right around Christmas, you know, at least that's the way it seemed in my mind's eye of how it was as a kid. You didn't kind of get inundated with it as much. Um, but nowadays it's just everywhere. Um, and, uh, for me a little bit too much on the, uh, Christmas music. So I'll have that poll question out there once I get this uploaded. And then uh, kind of to wrap that up or tying into that, just a brief PSA, Patrick Service announcement for anybody that, that's with me on the too much uh, answer for, for Christmas music. I did enjoy the Ventures cover songs of Christmas music. You know, the I think not having the lyrics helped uh, So because they're just an instrumental band. The Ventures, they, they don't sing really at all. Um, so just it, for whatever that's worth, if you're looking for a little different vibe on Christmas music and like that twangy guitar, kind of like I do the surf guitar, uh, you, you can, uh, ghost, uh, 
Ghost Rider. The Ventures uh, have a number of cover songs of Christmas music uh, that you can dial up on your streamers. And then speaking of streaming, hey, there's a little segue for, for myself. Uh, a little installment here from Team Stream. Um, I wanted to get to this because I kind of stumbled on an article uh, on a show that we had watched recently called Shrinking. And um, I don't know, honestly, I didn't, I had seen it on the screens when we'd browse. This is, this is one on Apple TV when we'd be browsing. And to me, the, the title wasn't really catchy enough. The preview, I didn't understand the title, I guess, Shrinking. Um, you know, then you see a little bit of a trailer or preview. It's got Harrison Ford, Jason Siegel. I mean, some good star power. I love uh, Harrison Ford is one of my favorites. Um, but it took, I think someone, uh, Mrs. Cheesehead friend or someone recommended it to us. And that's how we got, uh, we dialed it up was based on someone recommending it to us. So, um, whoever that was credit to you. Thank you because we enjoyed it. We liked it. Uh, we give it a a bingeable rating essentially here at my cheese head life, the show called shrinking. And I have a, uh, uh, article actually linked to this one, not just, you know, the normal show show site or whatever, but where I stumbled onto the article is kind of interesting. And it was about, it's from variety. Uh, this was, uh, from December 4th, Harrison Ford on the mixture of comedy. And I think is it pathos of shrinking. I don't know if they say pathos or pathos. Um, and he says, I've never had a job like this. So that's kind of what caught my attention and, and reminded me that I, I never, I don't think I shared this one from team stream on the show here. Um, and it said Harrison Ford surprised SAG members during a nomination committee Q and a this afternoon when he showed up to talk about his role on Apple TV's shrinking, uh, plus I guess T- Apple TV plus. Um, and he said he pray, lavished praise on the cast of the comedy drama. You know, I thought I was going to try to describe it. And I thought, well, this all does a better job than I would. Uh, so anyways, it's comedy drama television series describing working with his co-stars as a uniquely different experience that rejuvenated his perspective on acting. And um, he talks about the show of uh, there are people who improvise as though it was an exercise in egos. He says that never happens with this bunch. Work is really important to everybody that's here. Um and, and so, you know, Harrison Ford, I don't know him, you know, I, he's always, I think, been a little bit more of a private celebrity, so I don't know a ton about him. Um, but basically, Shrinking stars Siegel, uh, Jason Siegel, as Jimmy Leard, a grieving psychiatrist who inserts himself into the lives of his patients. And Ford plays Dr. Paul Rhodes, Jimmy's colleague and senior therapist. The series premiered this past January and was renewed for a second season in March. Um, so yeah, it was pretty funny. I, I think the episodes are a little bit shorter, so you can kind of fly through this one. I, I think it's kind of like a sitcom, but with swearing and, you know, it's definitely not safe for kids. Um, but you get, um, you know, 30, 35, maybe 40 minute episodes or something like that. So you can get through it pretty quickly. It's pretty funny. Uh, and again, you know, there's some, uh, good star power there with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford and that's on, uh, Apple plus if you're interested in checking out a show called shrinking and I didn't know it was shrinking. And then we started watching it. I meant to kind of see this. So th- they're using that, like apparently like kind of like a verb, the way people say adulting, uh, the main characters are all therapists. So the title of the show being shrinking, I think I finally figured it out. I'm like, Oh, they're kind of doing it like the adulting thing. They're saying their jobs are like, you know, they're shrinking. So this show is kind of showing what their jobs are like and then how, how it, crosses over relates to you know the, what they do in their personal lives a bit so there you go and check it out so yeah there you go enough of the kind of oddball stuff let's go ahead and uh, get into some of our um our sports talk here uh we're gonna start with getting our basketball jones taken care of and check in with some of our uh 
state sports teams here, uh, basketball that is. And before we get into the football talk, um, so yeah, we had uh, a, a Bucks game last night. That was kind of cool. I got an article actually talking about that. That was related to the in-season tournament. Uh, they're doing this year for the NBA where these games kind of count for their own tournament, which is going to wrap up here actually this coming weekend. Um, so a nice write up here where the guy, um, this is from, I believe it's CBS sports. He, um, J- Jack Maloney, 17 hours ago, pretty fresh, uh, NBA in season tournament Bucks dominant display against Knicks was the offense we were promised all along. So if you didn't get a chance, I watched this one last night. Um, and yeah, I mean, just Giannis Lillard, you know, um, Middleton, Malik Beasley, from what I saw, a lot of guys chipping in, doing a nice job, you know, points uh they're they're deadly from three-point land and and they they put a pretty good whooping on the new york knicks last night as uh kind of uh the in-season tournament where they're gonna advance now uh to i think the semifinals. they beat the the knicks by 24 it looks like here um so uh good job bucks they definitely seem to be getting their act together i don't i mean they they weren't ever being bad but um they're they're improving is what i'm trying to say gosh uh, and, and it says they had a season high here that, that was 146 points last night was their season high where they hit 23 three pointers and shot 60% from the field. So there you are definitely, uh, shooting well, so yeah, that write up's got a good summary of the game if you're interested. And then just generally speaking, checking in on the box overall, um, what do we got here? 15 and six. And uh, they play tomorrow night as, again, part of that in-season tournament. They're kind of trying to work their way to the finals here. They're going against the Pacers and um, the the number two team, uh, I guess, as it's ranked here in that tournament. And the uh, Bucs are 15-6. and six, Pacers are 11-8. and eight. And uh, Giannis, I don't know if you saw this after the game. There was some interesting comments. I mean, he got the kind of post-game interview like he often does and uh, you know, they mentioned to him, are you excited about, you know, going to Vegas now? Cause you, you know, when you get to this point in the tournament, quote unquote, whatever for in season tournament they're doing here, uh, th- they do play games in Vegas then. And, uh, he was kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's great. And he's like, really, you know, the, the reporter just kind of questioned just the two word response. He says, well, you know, I'm going to be away from my family and stuff. So, you know, clearly not super excited about, you know, the, the travel or, potentially what might be extra travel, I guess, uh, having to go to Vegas for these games. And then, um, the, it was kind of funny. They also, he also, uh, the reporter that is mentioned to him that he had gotten a hundred thousand, I believe he said in the post game comments about, you know, for winning this, the, getting this far in the tournament. Now maybe they're getting some payouts and, uh, Giannis was not aware of that. And he says, really hundred thousand. And he just kind of quietly says a little bit, you you didn't hear it super well, but he says, well, the rich get richer. Um, And and that caused a few chuckles in the studio too. Um, So yeah, Giannis, just being honest, uh, good for him and good for the Bucs having a big uh, win last night and doing pretty well so far this season. Right now they're in first place, starting to stretch out their lead. They're at 15 and six, three games ahead in the NBA's uh, Eastern Conference Central Division. Uh, Indiana, who coincidentally they're playing tomorrow night, is uh, second place uh, at 11 and eight. So besides the in-season tournament, uh, kind of an di- important division matchup here. And that game, uh, kind of a weird time there. Tomorrow at 4 p.m., it's on ESPN. 
Uh, so kind of the bummer of being the smaller markets here, Indiana, Milwaukee, you're not going to get the primetime game, even though I'm sure they'll, you know, there's arguments that it's West Coast and stuff like that for the other uh, other matchups uh, that are going on. But there you have it, the Bucks right now in first place in the division. Giannis leading the team in scoring 30 points a game, 6.9 uh, re- assists, I'm sorry, was going to say for Damian Lillard. And then uh, Giannis leading the team with 10, almost 11 rebounds a game. Uh, I think he was real close to a triple-double last night. I think he had like 11 uh, assists, maybe, and only like eight rebounds, but right on the brink and and had his normal 30-some points. So Giannis dominant, as always. And uh, with the win last night, the Bucs have won four out of five, and uh, the Pacers looks like they've won uh, three out of five. They're three and two in their last five. So probably a pretty good matchup tomorrow at 4 p.m. If you're not doing nothing, uh, you can listen to or maybe catch the Bucs. I'm sorry. Uh, they are on television. It'd be nice to see them. Maybe I can DVR and watch that one. It's on ESPN. Uh, so you, it should be a, on television. Great. And then uh, even though it's not football season, we can throw a little bit of that on there because the Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball team has been doing a nice job. So last time we talked uh, was on, well, it was just Monday, case of the Mondays, and we were talking about the Badgers' big win over Marquette on Saturday uh, when at the time Marquette, I think, was ranked like third in the country. And so the the, uh, Badgers had a big game coming up uh, last night. Well, you know, kind of contradictory there. So talking on Monday, it was coming up, but now it took place last night. Uh, it was at Michigan State. They won 70-57. Uh, to 57. Now, I didn't get to watch that one because I was watching the Bucks game. Uh, but good job for the Badgers and, and um, the the squad there with Greg Gard uh, getting a nice win. Now, I don't know much about Michigan State and or how tough they might be, but uh, their overall record now is 4-4, four and four, and uh, Badgers are 7-2. and two. So nice work there. Uh, getting the win for the Wisconsin Badgers, who are now ranked, it looks like here, as I look at uh, what's coming up here. They're ranked uh, 23rd, so good job getting into the standings there. And then it's not going to get any easier at all. As a matter of fact, it's uh, much more difficult. They're they're off for a few days here, and then their next game is Saturday. They're going to be playing who's now the number one ranked team. I don't know if it's been a while or not, but at least right now, they're number one Arizona Wildcats at 7-0. and They're undefeated. So Badgers, with plenty of momentum after beating Marquette and Michigan State University, are going to go into Arizona and see if they can take down the number one team. Now, that's Saturday, uh, December 9th at 2.15 uh, p.m. Cheesehead Standard Time. So um, hopefully be able to catch that game. That'll be a fun matchup. And if the Badgers, who knows? I, I don't know anything about Arizona, but clearly they must be pretty good. I was just pausing there a second to see, yeah, that one will be on uh, ESPN. So if you're interested or want to set the DVR, you've got the Badger game coming up Saturday, 12-9 at 2.15 p.m. So we got a box tomorrow. And then if I'm not mistaken, if they end up winning that game against Indiana for their tournament, I want to say they play Saturday as well. Uh, we might have to check in. I'll see if the schedule permits on Friday and maybe do a brief update and upload on a possible what the Friday, but we'll see. Uh, but for now, good job, Badgers. Uh, doing a nice job here early in the season. Again, their record 7-2. and two. They're now going to be you know 1-0. That was the first uh, glimpses of some Big Ten play. Looks like everybody except for Nebraska and Penn State has a Big Ten game in. And then it looks like I think some non-conference stuff here to wrap up uh, the rest of the month between Arizona and um, a couple more games after that against smaller programs, Jacksonville State, Chicago State, and then a holiday break, and then you're into the new year, and uh, the the Big Ten play really starts getting going. So 
Uh, big game here against Arizona, and then it looks like, like I said, a couple of lesser games later in the month, and then um, you know we'll take a break for the holidays and look forward to Big Ten play. So keep an eye on those Badgers and how they do Saturday against Arizona. And now we'll uh, check in uh, on another one of our D1 teams here in the state, uh, Marquette Golden Eagles, who are, they were uh, as high as ranked third, I think, like I just mentioned, but now it looks like they're down to ranked eighth, which is still pretty nice, top 10. They're uh, six and 6-2 record overall. And uh, their last game was that loss against the Badgers. They haven't played yet, but it looks like they'll be playing this evening in about an hour from now uh, here on Hump Day on FS1. It looks like a national game uh, against Texas Longhorns, who are ranked 12th. So I better get my, my you-know-what move in here and get logged off so I can maybe watch Marquette play tonight. Uh, but 6-1 and one Longhorns ranked 12th uh, going against Marquette Golden Eagles. And that one is at 7 p.m. this evening. By the time you're listening, that game will probably be done. But uh, then they're off a couple days, and you'll have them playing at 8 p.m. Oh, my God. Is this, is, it could be a trifecta maybe this weekend right away. Badgers, Marquette, Bucks. So it looks like you'll have um, Marquette playing on Saturday the 9th at 8 p.m. as well against Notre Dame 4 and 4 their their uh, record that is is 4 and 4 uh and that'll that'll be on Fox and then kind of like the Badgers it looks like they're going to get into um at least one you know lesser program or smaller opponent on 12-14 they're playing St. Thomas and then 12-19 December later in the month they're they're going to get their their conference game started with Providence Georgetown yet this month and Creighton I don't think Creighton's conference but anyways just saying they still got after wow, they're playing a lot of games this month and then they get a little bit of a break and then they'll play Seton Hall to start the new year on the 6th so getting a little glimpse look ahead here as we're winding down 2023 basketball season uh wrapping up their non-conference stuff in college for the most part at this time of year and then in January you can get into the conference play and then start looking forward to uh, March Madness. I mean, if you start looking at it, you know, winter can be long, but you get these little milestones where, you know, conference play starts, and then you start thinking about February, late February is the tournaments, and March is uh, the conference tournaments. Uh, it can hopefully go a little fast when the winters get pretty chilly and uh, long here in Wisconsin to keep an eye on some of these sports teams and, and hopefully have good seasons to help make the winter feel a little faster. And then, so uh, that pretty much does it for my basketball check-in, and that gets me to where... Uh-oh. Yep. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Guess what day it is. Huh? <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Um, so, yeah, it's hump day. We're kind of moving along a little more quickly here. Um, you know, hump day is my way of saying we're going to check in around the NFL, the Packers, and all that good stuff here, and start looking ahead at, at the upcoming week of matchups. And... Um, you know, I was just thinking, it's kind of funny. I don't actually have a ton of Packer content right now as far as related to the Chiefs game. You know, I'm happy to talk about the upcoming game and looking around the league, but I was just kind of thinking, you know, as I do my normal browsing of articles and things that happen and try to catch headlines that, that I think are interesting, uh, I wonder if there's a little bit of a, you know, when you're winning, there isn't as much to write about or complain about, talk about, because I, it just seems I'm not getting as much as that, that uh, traction in my feed, so to speak. Uh, interesting observation. That's all. And what's just fine by me when you win three in a row or four out of five and, and how the good the Packers have been doing, you know, beating good teams like the Lions and the Chiefs, uh, there isn't a ton to criticize and or complain about. Um, but yeah, we're, we're onto the NFL. One thing I, I thought I, I want to go back to, I guess, still from last week and not, not even the Packers was, uh, the Monday night game. When I did my case of the Mondays, I had kind of left off by saying, well, there's a game tonight and then probably, probably not much of a game. Jacksonville was hosting Cincinnati 
And we, we know that Joe Burrow, starting quarterback for Cincinnati, has been hurt for a while. Uh, and they were on to, you know, second or third backup maybe even. I don't know. I shouldn't say I know that. Jake Browning was a quarterback that played. Uh, so in Jacksonville, looking like a playoff team, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the AFC, didn't look, you know, I think it was a 10-point spread. Well, wouldn't you know it, uh, They uh, Cincinnati, if you didn't see it, they won in overtime. And the reason I'm talking a little bit about this game was because I turned it on, again, just assuming it, it wasn't going to be a good game. I had done the podcast, uh, had some dinner, uh, and, you know, kind of as an afterthought, thought, well, you know, game should be in the fourth quarter roughly. I'll turn it on. Turn it on just in time to see uh, Cincinnati kick a go-ahead field goal late in the game, like fourth quarter, and also just ahead of Trevor Lawrence getting kind of folded over and stepped on his ankle. A, a lineman stepped on his ankle, and he had to left, leave the game very, very gingerly on that right ankle. So another starting quarterback goes down. I mean, that's a pretty long list right now of starting quarterbacks in the NFL that are hurt. I mean, even you got in our, in the NFC North, you've had uh, Justin Fields miss time. Kirk Cousins is out for the year. Obviously, Rodgers was, you know, kind of the first one that started the list. Uh, he's out for the year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, they're, they're hopeful it won't be a long-term thing, but, boy, he sure looked uh, pretty pretty frustrated and in a lot of pain uh, in, during the broadcast. Um, so again, I kind of touched on this a few different times and, and this was something I've mentioned where, you know, going back a few weeks talking about, you know, are we ready to commit to Jordan Love? And I, I thought so because one thing I'd mentioned to a friend, I think I mentioned in a, in a podcast was, I, you know, he does a nice job of escaping the rush. And I'm not saying these, you know, injuries are all the quarterback's faults or they couldn't escape the rush. It just, you know, it helps your chances to avoid injury and it, it, obviously if you can avoid some of the big hits and the pass rush and, and even break free from some of the tackles and I thought even when Love was struggling struggling a bit um, he, he at least showed that that you know he was maneuvering good in the pocket you know he could sense that pressure you know kind of that's something I don't know if you can teach that or not I, and I'm literally saying I don't know if, if quarterbacks can work on that, that ability to feel like where pressure is coming from or is, or if it's just a natural ability that some guys have. Um, so anyways, kind of, kind of rambling here, but that was something I thought what Jordan Love was encouraging was that he, he was doing a pretty decent job of avoiding pass rush and pressure. You know, a lot of the sacks were him maybe just holding the ball too long coverage kind of sacks or, you know, you know, just learning, learning curve type of things and, and sacks have gone way down the last few weeks. Um, and so that was part of my thinking, like, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. This guy looks like he might be a little bit, you know, durable and I'll knock on wood here because we all know you don't want to jinx anything, but I, I think I'm not I'm, like the old joke from the office. I'm, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. Um, but so yeah, that was something I like. Cause I, again, just kind of a, a little sidebar here is just all the injuries to the starting QBs and then to see these backups, you know? So again, controversial that love was a draft pick, a high draft pick. And, and that's years ago and, and no need to talk about that piece of it, but you know, it kind of makes you appreciate then having a decent backup quarterback. Now, when you see all these guys going down with injuries and then this Jake Browning guy for Cincinnati through he only had like five, six incompletions, 32 out of 36 or something like that, 350 yards. And Cincinnati ended up uh, winning that game in overtime. Uh, so, yeah, what I thought or probably most people thought wouldn't be much of a game to watch kept me up till darn near like 11 p.m. Because uh, I, of course, then wanted to see the outcome. And then, gosh, I don't know if I can think top of my head who Jacksonville's backup quarterback was that went in there. Oh, Bethard, I think, uh, kind of a journeyman. 
And uh, yeah, he did okay moving the team a little bit. I think he got him to a field goal or something. But but still, you know, if you don't have Trevor Lawrence, that's that's a game changer. And lots of injuries around the NFL is leading to, you know, some some lackluster quarterback play. And and you know, frankly, give then you know that's part of how the Packers have had a better opportunity for playoffs here. Playoffs. Um, you know, when you look at a team like Minnesota losing a game, you know, they don't have Cousins. You know, I know Dobbs has done well with a couple wins. Uh, so it just, you know, those kind of things though, so long-term as the season wears on, will they win as many Packers are now tied in terms of record? Uh, so those injuries can, can kind of affect what's going on here in, in green Bay and their chances for the playoffs for sure. But, um, so yeah, I mean, the, one of the things that I guess I thought was funny and maybe this is just how the algorithms work. I like to blame just about anything on either algorithms or analytics if I don't really understand it. And, um, Seeing, seeing more commentary today, I guess especially after, you know, you kind of have the the matchup, so to speak, or the face-off, even though they don't really play each other. Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Love, and Love has the great night, three touchdowns. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, has an interception. And again, you know, they're kind of showing now, this is, I guess, the little bit of, you know, aftermath we can enjoy still of that victory Sunday uh, over Kansas City. And, and rather than, you know, nitpicking their flaws like we would do after a loss. Um, uh, on the internets, they're they're kind of having some fun. Whether it's uh, you know mostly on X, I saw this where uh, a lot of comments and posts have not aged well, and Richard Sherman's kind of getting dragged a little bit for uh, early or it might have even been spring. He he went on kind of a rant about how you know no one's going to be afraid of the Packers anymore. Richard Sherman, former cornerback for uh, uh, Seattle Seahawks and, and Niners. So of course played in some of the biggest, you know, rivalry type games or playoff games, I should say against the Packers. So he's probably not a real big Packer fan, uh, or, or wants to see the Packers do well, if I had to guess. Um, so yeah, people are reminding him and asking him if he wants to uh, revisit those comments or thoughts at all. He said, no one's going to be afraid of Jordan love anymore. You know, they're going to stink basically, uh, to paraphrase what he was saying back in spring. And, and funny enough, he kind of, he, he wouldn't admit that he was possibly wrong, but he did rephrase it, uh, from what I saw. And you can just, you know, if you just search on X or even Google, it'll probably have some links to this kind of stuff. Um, where he, he says, well, I'm not really wrong. Cause they're not going to win the division or something. He said as a, as his response, he wouldn't, he wouldn't just, you know, come up and say, yep, love's better than I thought. I mean, how tough would that be? Uh, he, he instead has decided to say that, well, he, he's not wrong because they're not winning the division. You know, it, according to him, I guess that means he still kind of sucks, even though he's sitting at six wins, uh, same amount of wins. Uh, if I believe, uh, Aaron Rodgers had his first year. So basically love what, you know, Packers would see, I hope this isn't you know a possibility would have to like lose the rest of their games in order to kind of have love sitting at the same win loss total that, that Rodgers had. Uh, not win loss. Of course, there's more games this you know now than there was when Rodgers started uh, 17 instead of 16. But you know what I mean. You know what I'm getting at. Um, and it looks you know hopefully quite likely that uh, the love will exceed Rodgers' win total in his first year. Not that it's you know a competition that way, but at least it's an indicator of some success, maybe more than others. You know, in your first year as a starter. That's all. And then we're still a little nervous about that defense, or at least I am when I say we. I mean, it's just me and my cheesehead life sitting here being nervous about the defense. But, um, you know, so that's something as I've seen some of the analysis online, some of the clips that get shared by the guys who, who you know can sit and watch a little more of the film and put up their segments and analysis. 
and and even watching it live though i mean it, you can pick up on this uh, how many times was travis kelsey wide open and you know to see some of the still frames where they show Kelsey kind of standing by himself and, you know, literally like four or five Packer players. I think one guy called it might've been Andy Herman, a guy who kind of does some nice analysis of this stuff, uh, called it a prayer circle around Travis Kelsey. And it just kind of, you know, cause there was like five Packer players, you know, all surrounding him, but nobody within five yards of him. And then another, uh, clip or still shot they showed was, you know, three players kind of drifting towards one of their lesser-known players, uh, Jordan Davis. I don't even know what the guy was or what his name was. And then, you know, leaving basically Kelsey wide open again. So, you know, Kelsey had a nice game, four catches, 81, I think, So, but not a huge impact. The problem is it was, you know, just when he did make catches, he was pretty much wide open. So, And that's always kind of been a problem for the Packers. Maybe not as much against Detroit, you know, but some of that, you know, big yardage they always give up. Even on this win streak, and even though they keep them out of the end zones, you know it, it feels like there's still pressure on our offense, the Packers' offense, to to really produce. You know, we're not. We're, I don't know that we're going to win a game 13 to 10. You know, we're giving up 19, 20 consistently, so that means your offense has to, you know, at least score 19, 20, which I get. You know, they should be. We hope to. Uh, it's not a huge tall order. Um, you know, but I guess we go back to the Chargers game. They did a little better against the Chargers in terms of scoreboard. Um, but still a lot of yards, you know, and that allows them to control the football. You got some guys wanting, running wide open sometimes. The tackling has been sus, um, suspect, I'm sorry. And uh, it, it, the, the, there's still things to work on for sure from defense. And I hope, you know, again, I think a concern among a lot of Packer fans is, you know, just say, well, they're they're doing a pretty good job on defense means you're going to be locked into another year of Joe Barry. I mean, I I. I it's tough to say fire a guy like that right now because, you know, they're having a nice run here. But, again, like, you know, could someone do better? That's that's always a big question. Could someone do better? I don't know. There just there doesn't seem like a ton of inspiration from Joe Barry. There's been, you know, examples over the years of players maybe being a little frustrated. But who knows? I don't know. We'll see how that shakes out. But definitely still got room for improvement on defense. But they got through, you know, really the toughest, you know, couple teams on their schedule, hopefully against the Giants and, and some of these other teams coming up, they'll be able to, uh, you know, be consistent. Maybe they can lock down, hopefully they can lock down these, you know, these teams that don't have as much firepower and we'll start feeling a little more confident about that defense. Um, and then other random news on uh, the Packers signed Kenyon Drake uh, and released that Robinson guy that got one carry. Man, what a life that must be for these backups uh, on and off the practice squads, on and off the, the active rosters. Uh, they've, they've given the team so much more flexibility the last few years with some of those, uh, transactions that they can be a lot more frequent. And so it's, it's really, I, I couldn't imagine that that's probably a show somewhere. I'm sure there's some coverage of it where, you know, these guys are just a phone call away from having to uplift their, their life and, and go somewhere. And basically that Robinson guy has been kind of here and there and gone and back. And same with Patrick Taylor, the other running back. Um, uh, so it's, it's, Got an interesting life they must live. I, you know, I can't imagine it was quite that chaotic going back a few years. Uh, whereas, like I said, now they can do so many more of these uh, on and off the roster transactions, practice squad elevations, whatever they're calling it. Um, and uh, interesting to see, you know, what those guys' uh, schedules uh, must be like and some of their living arrangements. I, I got to think they shack up with current players or other players. You can't be signing a lease anywhere. Maybe they, you know, maybe the team puts them up in a hotel. Who knows? We'll check into that. Maybe not. 
So, uh, yeah, basically at this point here, as we're on hump day, we start by uh, checking out the power rankings before we look at some of the matchups coming up here. And uh, we'll do that here. We check out Nate Davis, USA Today. There's about, you know, probably a thousand sites you can have a power rankings on. We just happen to use USA Today, Nate Davis. Uh, so this was published uh, on the 5th, so yesterday after the Monday night game. You got the 49ers at uh, rank number one after their big win over Philly, who I think was ranked one at the time maybe. Uh, so the Niners go from two to one. And now your Ravens, uh, who had a, I think they're on by, they go from four to two. The Eagles, after getting beat up pretty good and looking a little bit shaky all year but still squeaking out wins, the Eagles go from one to three. Uh, your Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, go from five to four. And then um, your your number five team is actually those Chiefs that the Packers beat. Um, they go from three to five uh, after losing to the Packers. So Lions, uh, they had a, a close one where they got out to a big lead against New Orleans and then held on to win late. Lions uh, remains steady at seven. It says, given his general lack of impact well into his second NFL season, it's easy to forget what a weapon Jamison Williams can be, wide receiver. Then he serves fresh notice Sunday. So there's some uh, highlights of Jamison Williams making plays for um, the Lions. And we'll continue to look for the Packers here. Packers go from 16 to 13. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That to me seems a little light for a team that has just beat two division winners to still be sitting behind like the Rams, for example. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe a little small town bias coming out of this one here. So the Packers, anyway, 16. Uh, they were 16. They're now 13 by Nate Davis's rankings. He says, given head coach Matt LaFleur has never lost a game in December, his 16-0 mark is the best in league history. Green Bay is sitting pretty, particularly with five games scheduled this month. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's a little bit questionable to have the Packers, you know, like I said, below a couple of those other teams. But, you know, maybe maybe that's still good to be a little bit underdoggy. Uh, Vikings go from 18 to 17. Vikings were on by. Uh, he says, bad news regarding their belated playoff push. Minnesota's 6-6 six six is 5-2 and two since wide receiver Justin Ham uh, Jefferson's hamstring injury. Unfor unfortunately, he's set to rejoin the lineup. Rim shot. There you go. I'll do the rim shot for you there, Nate. Uh, and then uh, we got to find the Bears, who are also, I believe, on a, on a bye week. So they go from 25 to 27. They drop a couple spots. Four of their five remaining games um, are against teams currently holding playoff spots. Almost certainly quarterback Justin Fields' most important audition for Chicago or the team that's going to wind up acquiring him in a few months. So that, yeah, that's kind of interesting to point out that, uh, you know, they're going to have a little tougher stretch here, the bears. And, you know, of course, you know, talking about people eating their words, some of the posts and, and reminders I saw online were about like bears fans back in August and July talking so much crap about how good Justin Fields was and all the weapons they had and how, uh, Jordan Love was going to be trash and, you know, no, there's no hype coming out of Green Bay, all the young receivers, nobody's going to know what they're doing. And well, what you look at it now, right? I think I saw something that just, uh, Jordan Love has four, uh, games this year with three touchdowns and no interceptions. And I think there's only like one other quarterback in the league that has that many. Um, and, and if you put up some of those stats next to Justin Fields, uh, Justin Fields has very few examples of like three touchdown, no interception games in his career. And uh, Love has like four this year already. So, uh, yeah, that's your power rankings by Nate Davis. That link will be out there in the summary if you're interested in seeing it yourself and where the rest of the teams are. 
and that'll take us why not do a little todd rundgren uh touchdown music as we still enjoy a little bit of that uh packers victory over kansas city but now we're starting to, we're on to the giants we gotta look ahead here at week 14 uh before we look around the league of course we're gonna take a look at the packers playing against the giants here on sunday i'm um, sunday monday they're the monday nighters so we get to uh, get an extra day of recovery after you know a couple of huge games like that, and then they go on the road to the Jets, uh, Jets, Giants, dang. And um, hopefully we'll we'll not have a letdown here. This is kind of another, I think, another step in the journey, another another part of the process of a young team. Uh, you know, we've seen them play really well and and pull it all together, like almost a complete 180 from what they're doing, you know, prior and beat a couple really tough teams in Detroit on the road, and then in and then uh, Kansas City defending Super Bowl champs at home. Uh, nobody would have guessed they'd win those couple games if you went back uh, four or five, six weeks. So now, now they're going to be a favorite after being an underdog for a few weeks here. Packers are going to be a favorite. They're going on the road Monday night against the New York Giants. Right now it's a six-and-a-half-point spread uh, in favor of the Packers being the favorite. Now the Giants are four and eight. And, you know, I know I had said way back that I didn't know if the Packers would win another game this year. And, the, you know, the Giants were on the list at the time. Uh, but they've had a little bit of quarterback trouble, quarterback injuries since then. Uh, Daniel Jones, their, I don't know if you'd say star quarterback, but the guy they pay the most money to got injured. And then he came back and then he got injured again. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's out for the year. I don't have it absolutely in front of me, but he hasn't been playing and he's not going to be playing uh, against the Packers. So that's where that's partly where the Giants now have gone to become a four and eight team uh, due to problems at the quarterback position. Not that again, Daniel Jones was this awesome quarterback. A lot of people question kind of the big money he got after having a solid year. Uh, he's you know a, maybe arguably a bigger threat running than throwing though because he put up a lot of rushing yards and on their way to get him into the playoffs last year. Um, and now, like I said, Packers six and a half point favorite. They're six and six if you didn't know, five hundred team. And uh, they're going into New York to face the Giants, uh, who are, again, 4-8. and eight. That's 7-15 on Monday. Uh, that's on ABC. Over-under is a little light on this one, probably partly due to the quarterback situation for the Giants. Uh, the over-under is 36 uh, for this game coming up Monday night. And coincidentally, speaking of quarterback for the Giants, the, the kid's name is Tommy DeVito. And he now I understand I saw this week that their normal backup Tyrod Taylor is able to come back now or, you know, he got hurt too. So they're on like backup backup guy, which is, you know, part of that point spread there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know a ton about this Tommy DeVito kid, but I did see a couple of write-ups that uh, explaining, I'm sure there'll be, this will probably be mentioned a hundred times on Monday Night Football is that he still lives at home with mom and dad. And then I don't know if this was a joke or not, but I heard like a radio guy, maybe a national guy say something like, yeah, he was like a local quarterback they called up or something. Um, so he lives at home with his parents or at least his mom. He was saying, yeah, it's nice. I don't have to worry about cooking and laundry and all those things. So there you go. The guy you watched Sunday playing quarterback um, against the Green Bay Packers uh, is, uh, is, is still living at home. So that's kind of interesting, kind of fun. You know, it's, you know he's probably got, you know, running out of you know what's to give when it comes to getting his opportunity here and and probably gonna lay it all out there so when it comes to comparing the two teams and some of the numbers we usually look at a little skewed here 
Uh, you know, Love is starting to approach 3,000 yards passing. He's at 2,866 as Tommy DeVito has just under 700 yards passing. You know, we all see Love now racking up some numbers. He's got two, uh, 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Tommy DeVito's numbers are looking okay. He's only got 139 yards a game, though, but he's got seven touchdowns against three picks. So he's got a good, a decent uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio there. Seems careful with the football, maybe. And then uh, Dylan is our leading rusher with 521 yards. They've still got Saquon Barkley. That could be our biggest threat going on Sunday. Coincidentally, he's got the exact same number of yards rushing as Tommy DeVito, Tommy DeVito does passing, 697. And Saquon only has one touchdown. Uh, their leading receiver. This is where we finally are ahead of the receivers. The last few weeks, we've been seeing guys like Keenan Allen and and Travis Kelsey having like 70 catches, or Amon Ross St. Brown, maybe it was, having 70 catches uh, for Detroit and the Chargers. And, and here we are finally where we're, we're the better team in terms of leading receiver. Jaden Reed has 40 catches, 513 yards, and five touchdowns uh, listed as a Packers leading receiver here. And then Darius Slayton for the Giants has 32 catches, 435 yards, and one TD. So it's finally getting to where we're actually, you know, so many teams this year where we look pretty similar on paper statistically. And now as we're working our way into December football and teams are starting to separate, injuries are taking a toll for sure. Uh, you're seeing at least here the first example where the Packers being a favorite uh, are also kind of, you know, the better team on paper uh, where, where we've seen some even games or, or, or the underdog approach. So points scored per game. Packers not, you know, killing it. They're at 17th, but the problem here is uh, the Giants are 31st. Uh, so hopefully our defense can, can keep them at or below their average of 13.3 points a game. And then points against, uh, this is where the Packers are doing a bit better. They're ninth in the league at 20.3. Uh, the Giants' defense is 26th in the league, giving up 24.3 a game. So, you know, for me, every week we do this, and I look at these numbers, I kind of think of those as like over-unders. Uh, you know, certainly want to keep the Giants uh, from scoring more than 13, keep them at or under their average of about 13. And then as far as uh, Packers scoring, you know, hopefully we can increase their average at 24 points and, and get above that. Total yards per game. Uh, Giants are worst in the league, 32nd. They're 289 yards a game. Packers 18th, 344, almost 345 yards a game. Uh, yards against, Packers exactly at 18th against uh, as well, giving up 340 a game. Uh, the Giants are 28th. Uh, so Packer, Packers and several of these are, are just right around the middle of the pack. You know, that important one, though, being points per game allowed. Uh, they're ninth, and that's that's, you know, the bottom line, keeping them off the scoreboard, I guess. Uh, passing yards per game, uh, Packers again, middle of the pack, 17th, uh, Giants 32nd ranked, uh, getting only 182 per game passing. Um, and then the passing yards against Packers are 10th, 203 allowed, and then Giants are 20th. So not, you know, crazy there. And then rushing yards against per game, the Packers and Giants, uh, neither of them doing well. This is a, a, a area of weakness definitely for the Packers. And with Saquon Barkley coming up, they better be uh, on their toes, I guess literally keeping an eye out for the run game here. Packers are ranked 30th against the rush now after giving up all those yards to Kansas City on the ground. And the, and the Giants are 28th ranked, but they're virtually identical. They're both at 136 yards per game, and it comes down to fractions of yards uh, separating those rankings. So you got two teams here that don't uh, defend the run very well. 
I uh, couldn't tell you. I I haven't heard anything if Aaron Jones is expected to be back at all for the Packers. I, I don't think so, but maybe, hopefully. Uh, and that could impact the Packers' ability to run it better. But, yeah, you got a couple teams here that aren't real good at stopping the run, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out Sunday and what these offensive play callers do or what they decide to pursue. And then rushing yards per game, neither team is really killing it as a running game. Packers are 20th, Giants are 18th. They're both like 105, Packers are 105 per game, and, and Giants are 107. Uh, sacks, Packers are doing a bit better. They've got 29, Giants have 21 sacks. And then uh, interceptions, Giants are picking up uh, quite a few picks. They're fifth in the league with 12 interceptions. Packers only have six, and that's 24th in the league. Uh, the last few games here, you know, they've got a couple wins in a row here, and maybe that's why Tommy DeVito is going to continue to get the start over the more veteran guy, Tyron Taylor. Uh, but the last five games for the Giants, they lost to the Jets 13 uh, to 10. They they won at Vegas, or I'm sorry, they lost at Vegas 30 to 6. They lost at Dallas 49-17. But then they've won at Washington 31-19, and then they won uh, at home against New England 10 to 7. So kind of an interesting mix of opponents and results there for the Giants. And uh, just to kind of recap, the Packers winning four out of five. They won against the Rams, lost at Pittsburgh, and then you got three straight wins, home versus Chargers at Detroit and home versus Kansas City. So you got a couple teams on win streaks, technically. The Giants have won a couple in a row. Uh, Worlds colliding, and somebody's win streak is going to have to end on Monday Night Football. I like to try to throw out a prediction when we talk about these games, and I don't know. It's so hard to get on board and be a believer with the Packers being like a good team again. It's been such a weird season. But I guess I'll go with the Packers getting the win, and and I think they might even cover just because the Giants' offense seems like it's that bad with DeVito um, and their inability to score points lately. So against the Jets, they only scored 10. Against Vegas, they scored 6. Now at Dallas was 17. Washington, they had 31. And then against New England was 10. So, I mean, you got quite a few small numbers in there. I don't know how many of those touchdowns might have been garbage touchdowns late in the game or how many points, let's say, are, are from later in games. But uh, So I'll take the Packers to cover this one. Doesn't mean I'm, I'm placing any wagers, you know, for entertainment purposes only. And I'm doing, you know, generally terrible in my picks. Although I did get all three right this weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 maybe, I think the Packers would cover. If it's six and a half, that means one touchdown. Um, I, I'm starting to believe, and I, I think if we can beat the Chiefs at home, uh, I'd like our chances of being able to cover on the road against the New York football giants. So go pack go, and, and we'll see how they do on Monday. And that gives me uh, just a few more minutes here with you, and we'll go ahead and uh, take a look around the league. If, you, if you've hung out with me this long, I thank you. I appreciate it. Remember to like and follow, do whatever you can on the apps to you know interact and promote. That'd be awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, so. Uh, Let's see, week 14. Now, I thought we were done with bye weeks, but it looks like we got a couple left. So maybe this is the last bye week. Arizona and Washington, at least. It's not any teams that are you know too concerning to not see this week. So kind of a blessing maybe that Arizona and Washington aren't playing this week. Uh, but otherwise, um, <laughs> you got a pretty ugly one coming up tomorrow night here, Thursday. Thursday night football is New England 2-5 and five at Pittsburgh 7-5. and five. And, and part of the problem with that one is Pittsburgh is also now without their starting quarterback, I believe, Kenny Pickett, had an ankle injury, surgery, some leg thing. Um, and then New England has just been really awful. They're switching quarterbacks, I think, to Bailey Zappi. So in New England's 2-10, and 10, Pittsburgh 7-5, and five, uh, you don't, 
uh, we'll just look to recap the score, I guess, next week. I don't even know if I'll watch it. Pittsburgh's a six-point favorite at home, pretty low over under of 30, and that's your Thursday night game on Amazon. Uh, getting into the Sunday games, the Nooners, we've got Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Five and seven Tampa Bay going against Atlanta. Kind of an important division game there. It's just about anybody in that division except Carolina has got a chance to win it. You know, a bunch of mediocre teams there. Uh, Atlanta is a one-and-a-half point favorite at home. Over-under is 39-and-a-half. That's a nooner. Uh, Detroit is going to go to Chicago. Now, that's always interesting. It seems like the Bears, you know, when you get into December, they might, you know, give teams a little more trouble at home there. So that'll be an interesting one to watch, especially if we can, if that's on the locals. And uh, with our Packer game being Monday night, I'm, I'm guessing we'll be able to watch Detroit face the Bears in Chicago. 9-3 and three Detroit, 4-8 and eight Bears coming off a bye. Noon game, that's a 3.5-point favorite for Detroit. 43.5 is the over-under. And then Indianapolis, 7-5, and five, winning games with their backup quarterback after their number one pick gets injured. Uh, they're going against Cincinnati, who just got off that you know upset in Jacksonville. So that's a noon game. Indianapolis, actually a one-point favorite. Over-unders, 44. The team records are pretty similar. 7-5, and five, Indianapolis, 6-6, six and six, Bengals. And then Jacksonville, who probably won't have Trevor Lawrence based on how it looked on Monday Night Football. They're 8-4. and four. They're going against Cleveland, who's also on their backup quarterbacks. I don't know which one. Uh, Cleveland's a three-point favorite at home. 30-and-a-half is the over-under there, so another low-scoring affair probably between backup quarterbacks and teams with decent defenses. Uh, so, yeah, they're sitting there, a couple of teams that had really great hopes, you know, just a few weeks ago. Jacksonville's 8-4, and four, even after that overtime loss, and Cleveland's 7-5 and five after losing their quarterback for a few weeks here. Uh, interesting to see all those two shake it out. Carolina uh, accelerating quickly towards the number one draft pick. They're 1-11. Uh, New Orleans 5-7, and seven, so not much to talk about there. That you know, If New Orleans goes on to win, then they're continuing to be in the mix in the NFC South. New Orleans a 5.5-point favorite, over under 37.5. That's a nooner. Uh, Houston, 7-5, and five, keeping an eye on those Jets and the draft pick they're keeping warm for us. They're going to be facing the Houston Texans, who are 7-5. and five. Jets are 4-8. and eight. There's been some controversy this week or, you know, stories. You know, Rodgers continues to go on the McAfee show and the podcast, and he, he hasn't met too many microphones I don't think he doesn't like. And it's 40th birthday this week, pictures online of him at the birthday party doing celebrity stuff in New York. Good for him. Uh, happy 40th, Aaron. And um, so anyway, Zach, Zach Wilson, the, the, you know, high draft pick from a few years ago was in there for Rogers, you know, little brother for Rogers. And, and then they benched him. And then I guess he's kind of reluctant to go back in there now. I don't know how you say, no, I'm not doing that job. It's interesting. I don't know, like a ton of the detail. I didn't really read it too much directly, but yeah, there's mumbles out there. Articles that have said Zach Wilson is like refusing to go play again or be the starter again or something like that. So uh, interesting to see what will happen. Uh, rooting for Houston there, 7-5, and five, going against 4-8 and eight Jets. Houston is 3.5-point favorite, 33 over-under. That's a nooner. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, who are ahead of the Packers in the power rankings for some reason, even though they beat them, uh, right? We play the Rams this year? I don't know. 6-6, uh, six and six, they're going against the Ravens, 9-3. and three. Uh, Baltimore is a 7-point favorite there. So like Baltimore's chances, I think Baltimore might add a bye. So Baltimore... Probably going to get a win there. Seven-point favorite over-under is 40, so that could help the Packers. You know, you want a time of year where if we're going to be in the playoff hunt, we got to start keeping an eye on who we want to win and lose around the league. So we want to see the Rams take a loss there probably uh, when they're not facing anyone in the NFC for sure. 
so with that in mind, kind of s- similar mindset. Now we're into our three o'clock games, and Minnesota's making a trip out to Las Vegas, five and seven Vegas, uh, six and six Minnesota. Minnesota's a three-point favorite. Forty and forty point five is your over/under again for playoff purposes, and and really for rivalry purposes. I always want to see Minnesota lose for sure, but. Uh, definitely rooting for the Raiders and Baltimore this weekend going against the Rams and Minnesota, a couple of six and six NFC teams. Speaking of six and six NFC teams, Seattle's going into San Francisco, six and six Seattle, nine and three San Francisco. So as much as we hate or well, hate's a pretty strong word, dislike the 49ers, uh, kind of got to root for them here because they're, they're pretty much the front runner in their division. Uh, we need them to maybe beat up on other wild card competition for the Packers. So, uh, Seattle's a 10 and I'm sorry, San Francisco's a 10 and a half point favorite 46 and a half is the over under that's a three o'clock game also on Fox. Uh, now the three twenty fives are Buffalo. Uh, we've got their third round pick. They're going into the Kansas city chiefs. So big matchup. That should be a fun one to see who comes out on top. Uh, kind of rooting for KC if we want a higher draft pick, right? So that could push Buffalo in higher in the draft. Buffalo six and six, Kansas city eight and four. Coming off that loss against the Packers, of course. And uh, they're a one-and-a-half point favorite, and 48-and-a-half is the over-under. That's on CBS uh, 325 game. And then Denver, 6-and-six, uh, six goes to Los Angeles to face the Chargers, 5-and-7 Chargers. Uh, Chargers, a three-point favorite. Over-under on that is 44. Uh, kind of a big NFC East matchup, if you're into it, is Sunday Night Football. Uh, Philadelphia, 10-and-2, is going to face the Dallas Cowboys, 9-and-3. Dallas is a three-and-a-half point favorite. After Philadelphia took it on the chin pretty good against San Francisco last week, be interesting to see how they bounce back. Uh, Dallas, you know, that, that's basically for the division right there. So a uh, huge game on Sunday Night Football. Uh, that's on NBC 7.20 p.m. it's saying here on Sunday the 10th. Uh, and then you get into Monday night uh, next week. It looks like they're getting into, are we having two Monday night games next week? Is that what's happening? Is that what I'm seeing here? You got Tennessee 4-8 and eight going against Miami 9-3. and three. Um, That's on ESPN is here. It says Monday. Um, and then, uh, Miami is a 13 and a half point favorite. 46 and a half is the over under uh, Miami's nine and three Tennessee four and eight. Like I said, so, I mean, that's Miami's looking like a real tough team, tough to stop that offense. And then of course we already talked uh, your Monday night game is, uh, the Packers six and six facing the New York, uh, football giants who are four and eight. And the Packers again are six and a half point favorites. And your over under there is, uh, once again, 36 points. Uh, so that's a look around the league here on my Hump Day Helmets edition of uh, my podcast, my Cheesehead Life, a Packer fan podcast. If you've hung out with me this long, I sure do appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening. That's pretty much going to do it for me For me, excuse me, as I wrap it up here at my Cheesehead Life. Uh, I think if we can come up with some time, I'll, I'll take a look at doing a What the Friday. I really appreciate anybody out there listening to like, subscribe, follow, visit the website, do the socials, all the things. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and have a great week.